It's that time again. You're listening to episode two of Young and Fearless with Nav, the owner of Absolute Motivation. I'm Ryan Clarkin, co-founder of Yantra, and I'm here to bring you the stories of the most successful young entrepreneurs that will reveal their secrets to crafting a future filled with freedom, success, and happiness. After this episode, make sure you join in on the Yantra.co forum, scroll down to the podcast discussion, and click the Absolute Motivation thread where you can talk about the episode with me, Nav, and the Yantra community. This podcast is brought to you by Natural Grain Nutrition Infrared Roasted Coffee. This coffee is really special because the beans are infrared roasted, which means they're never exposed to an open flame, making an extremely smooth, never burnt, never bitter coffee. They offer an organic dark roast and a medium roast as well. You can check this coffee out on yantra.co slash coffee. That's Y-E-N-T-R-E dot co slash coffee. Today we're talking with Nav, the owner of Absolute Motivation. In seven months, he went from dropping out of university to creating a YouTube channel from the ground up that now has over 100,000 subscribers and over 8,700,000 views. The struggle was real. At the start of this episode, Nav tells us about how he started Absolute Motivation with a laptop that was pretty much broken in half. Then he takes us through his experience at university and talks about what made him decide to drop out. And towards the end of the episode, Nav shares some of the most useful tools that have helped him to create massive success for himself in a short period of time. I connected with Nav through my good friend Thomas, who is a co-owner of Red Frost and Yantra because he has a motivational channel as well. I don't know if all people with motivational channels are this cool, but so far, everyone that I've met who makes motivational videos are amazing people. If you haven't experienced this, you're about to find out what I mean. Let's get started. How's it going, Nav? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. Sure thing. Your your Wi-Fi isn't going to go out in the middle of this, is it? Uh, no, no, no. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm just joking because remember the other day you're talking about how crappy your equipment was and how you had to position oh, your laptop a certain way when yeah. you when you started absolute motivation. Yeah, talk to the listeners a little about a little bit about that. That was really interesting, bro. Well, um, in the beginning when I when I first started absolute motivation, I had no equipment. Well, I had an equipment, but everything was so everything was broken and well, nearly falling apart. So. My old laptop, I don't know what happened, but it kind of broke. Like, the screen got away from the actual keyboard. Oh, God. Yeah, so I had to, I had to use BlueTack to position it on some part of the wall where, the, where it was right close to the Wi-Fi, just so it would get a connection. I couldn't move it, and it was, it, it was, definitely, it was definitely a real struggle at that point. But I, mean, I got to update my stuff as, as uh, things started progressing. Cool. But it it was funny. I mean, my mum my, my would walk into the room and say, well, what are you doing? I was like, well, the laptop, the laptop's completely severed in half. So I have, to, I have no choice but to blue tack it onto the wall and do my work. Oh, my God. Wait, how did it break? The, I think like one of the hinges came off and then slowly all the others came off. And without really noticing it, it just kind of when I opened it, it just kind of split. Oh, my God. And they're like these wires holding it together. So I had to I had to like blue tack it just to make sure it wouldn't move. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to put it on the end of my desk right where it was near um near the Wi-Fi uh, network thing. Okay. All right. Yeah, are you sure you just haven't been hitting the weights too hard and you opened it and it just like 
you didn't know your own strength just ripped it in half. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Could be a potential fact, sir. Hey, when did you start Absolute Motivation, and what made you decide to start a YouTube channel? It's actually strange. I mean, I think a month before before um, actually setting it up, I noticed that this was kind of an emerging type of, you know, um, genre on YouTube. Mm-hmm. People were doing motivational videos, but everything was kind of one-dimensional. They were using the same speakers, Les Brown and Eric Thomas. I mean, these guys are amazing speakers, but it was relatively the same type of speech reworded, same type of visuals, and it didn't really apply to everyone. So if someone wants to go down the route of, say, studying for university or like me and you going into entrepreneurial ventures, there was nothing really for that, if you know what I mean. There wasn't really something that you can use as a catalyst for further education. So I made, I think a month before, I made loads of notes on patterns on YouTube, what kind of things were doing well, what type of videos, in terms of motivational videos, were doing well. And then kind of set up a plan before I actually did anything. At this point, I didn't even have a video editor because um, I, I just assumed I have to pay like loads of money just for a, a good editor. So I was just making a plan and then I figured out what kind of things were doing well, you know, small little details like optimizing your thumbnails, you know, having having brand reinforcement from the very beginning so that people know who you are even if they don't subscribe to you. And um, it just, I just thought I had a good plan. And then I went on Google and typed in free editing software and something came up. I don't think it was on the first page. I think it was on the second page or something. Uh, Lightworks Beta, Hmm. which is free for anyone to use and you can download it. So I did and I was playing around with it for two weeks and I was hooked straight away. I remember remember the second I got it, uh, I went downstairs and this was when my laptop was actually fully functional at the time. <laughs> I went downstairs and showed my brother it. And he was like, oh, this is cool. Uh, that's all he said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then um, and then I just started. I mean, I f- honestly, I, don't, I wouldn't even call it work. At that point, I was just editing for 16 hours every day. Mm-hmm. Maybe 16, 15 hours with breaks, obviously, but... I was just doing it because I thought it was so fun. It was like a, it was like an immersive film or an immersive video game. Yeah. And then a week later, I think two weeks later, I posted my first video online, and I, ca- I called it like two different names. One was Beat the Odds Productions. One was <laughs> uh, Intrinsic Paradigm. I was like, well, these are a bit too niche, so I need to. I need to figure out what kind of branding works, something simple, and I just came up with Absolute Motivation. Cool. How long did it take you, so when you first started, you said that you had a little bit of resistance because you thought that you had to buy an editor? Do you feel like you, oh, right. you kind of pushed back the launch a little bit because you had that thought going through your head? How long was it before you actually found Lightworks? It was about a month or so. Okay. I mean, I remember vaguely in conversations telling my brother that this is something that's that like is getting loads of attention i mean and i've seen bad motivational videos with loads of views mm-hmm. and i don't mean that with disrespect i mean obviously i mean some of the words and, and and visuals resonate with different type of people but 
from an artistic point of view, in my opinion, anyway, I don't mean that with disrespect. I just thought it could have been done better, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So you saw you saw a niche that you could fill. You saw how you could improve it. You created a plan. When you launched your first video, how long did it take for that to really take traction? And how how long did it take for people to start heading in and seeing your videos? I posted a video a week, mm-hmm. six weeks, and all the accumulation of all those videos were about 110 views. Wow. And I think all those views were on me anyway. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but after, um, I think it was the seventh week, there were, I still remember that the first guy who ever commented on it was called Trevor Williams. And he just said, great work. And ever since he said that, I, I just was like, oh, someone's watched this. So I just started making making it more, keeping it consistent at one video a week. And I think Driven went viral. And by viral, I mean it got 5,000 views, which means my subscriber base grew from that um, point. And then I had an audience, and I just made videos for them. And one video gets shared, and it gets shared again. But it wasn't really... It was more of a snowball effect rather than like a overnight kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I never had like a massive surge of subscribers. It was just probably about a hundred a week, and then it grew to a thousand a week and three thousand a week, and so on and so on. And, and, where, and where is it at now? A hundred and two thousand. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about a snowball months. effect, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I was surprised myself. Did you ever get discouraged when it started when you started off and you weren't really getting that many views off the bat? No. No. I just I said to myself in the very beginning, I'm gonna do it for fun. Mm-hmm. Because that's what it was to me. And I thought if anyone saw it, then cool. Bearing in mind I had no video editing experience. I just I thought it was kinda cool to video edit. You know, I had a I have a good sense of what something can sound good with what type of music if you know what i mean yeah but i had no video i didn't experience okay i i can't guess your major man i'm trying to be like what what was his major what what were you uh working on getting a degree in uh media yeah that's that's what i thought did you learn anything from school no not at all (laughs) honestly Thinking about it now, I'm just it was just a big... I wouldn't say it was a waste of time because it was kind of an eye-opener. I mean, if, if I even remotely enjoyed my course, that would have made me rationalize all my decisions to a point where... I mean, it's not too bad. You know, I can I can cope with, with the work because it's not... I'm not going into uni hating it. Mm-hmm. I'm going into uni with kind of a neutral standpoint because some days are good, some days are bad. But the fact that it was really bad and boring kind of made my choices where they are now if you know what I mean Mm -hmm. cool well so what was your college experience like when you were in when you're in well it's university I in the in the U.S. it's called college but um, in in the UK it's like college is high school and then university is college where we live so what was your university experience like it was um it was it was good I mean I had I had fun I definitely had loads of fun I barely went to any lectures. I went to, I went to about six the whole year. <laughs> I I passed all my uh, papers because I can, I can kind of bullshit my way through writing stuff. Yeah, that's, you know, that's pretty easy. 
and it, if you just remotely link it back to the the question they give you, like on an essay topic, you know, you, you're gonna do well. Well, I didn't do well. I I, I just barely passed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but considering I went to six lectures, I was I was I was okay with that. Did you have a specific point in time where you kind of realized or had an epiphany, and you were like, "Wait, what am I doing here?" Maybe I shouldn't be here anymore because I I know that you dropped out. Yeah, I think it was probably two months into uni. I had loads of anxiety issues just because I didn't understand anything. Like I was, even though I read a lot, I was always on the point, you know, you go to high school, college, uni, get a job and that's it. And it was in that point where I was like, well, none of this doesn't make me happy at all. Mm. So I just... I think I read an Alan Watts book, which is an English philosopher. And ever since I read his stuff, it just gave me a whole new outlook to be like taking more risks and living more into the present moment, even though I never meditated at that point. But I understood the like the analogy and what kind of things he meant by that. Mm. And I just thought, well, this isn't for me and I'm not going to continue staying here just because everyone else is so I just that was one of the main reasons I just left I didn't even finish my last semester properly I just kind of left halfway through and said well well, this isn't really working out for me (laughs) so I just went what would you do if money were no object right yeah 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 (laughs) that's the one I watched uh, and then I read his work uh, Wisdom of Insecurity and there was, a, there was another one, but I don't remember off the top of my head. But his books are amazing, and he's got he's got loads of seminars on YouTube as well. It's just free and packed with loads of knowledge. Cool, cool. Did the pressures of college ever get in the way of absolute motivation, or like as a creative type? I mean, I'm kind of the same way. After when I when I, when I was like really in college, going to parties and stuff. After a long mm-hmm. night of drinking, you're kind of like why <laughs> like yeah. like why <laughs> yeah yeah so did any of that get in the way of your production in terms of building absolute motivation no absolute motivation wasn't around when i was in college oh okay yeah i started absolute motivation in the summertime mm. so i i finished uni and 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 just left okay and it was it was a month before the summer, so I just gave myself an extra month off. And I didn't know what my plans were. I was kind of under the impression I was going to go back. And when I started the channel, when it started doing well, I said to myself, well, it's a serious option for me to drop out. And that's that's exactly what I did. I just dropped out. I just rang him and said, I can't come to uni anymore. I've got other things going on. Hmm. And... They gave me the option of, right now I still have the option of going back. They said you can defer a year, see how you feel the next year. But I said to him, I'd rather not, but fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. yeah. I'll have, I'll have it there. I'm not going to complain. Definitely. I, I know what you mean, man. How did your parents respond to this? They were actually okay with it. They weren't too skeptical, but they heavily insisted that I continue going to university mm-hmm. with absolute motivation. I just knew that it wouldn't work, it would be a mismatch. Yeah. The whole work and work and hobby slash work balance. It would it would just be a mismatch. I knew that from the very beginning. My my, my brother himself said 
don't don't go back to uni. You don't you don't need to. Yeah. What I describe the feeling to my parents is like when you're going to university and you feel like you don't belong there. It's as if you live in another world where everyone has to dig holes and like the what everyone does is they just like practice digging holes for four years and then they become a hole digger when they're done. And yeah. you don't want to be a hole digger. Like you want, you want to yeah. do something else, but like society's pressuring you to be, to dig holes. Like it's looked down upon if you don't do that. Yeah, man, that's an excellent example. Thanks, man. Yeah. You're much different than the average 20 year old. Have you always been different or ahead of the game? Uh, I wouldn't say ahead of the game because it sounds as if I, I, I kind of know my own greatness, if you know what I mean. I, I, I wouldn't really say I'm special in any way. I, I just kind of, if I enjoy something, I'm more focused than, say, the average person. Okay. If if that average person happens to be unfocused in that particular field, but if I really enjoy something, then I'm just 24-7 focused on it. And it doesn't matter if it's something that I've been good at since I was young or something I, I learn right now. If I if I have fun with it, I'm I'm just gonna be addicted to it. Yeah, dude, that's how I am. You just get engulfed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was... it's just it's like an addiction. <laughs> we we talked about how I like we talked about this yesterday. How I was obsessed with video games and how I thought it was gonna be an MLG Pro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was one of the things like I absolutely loved. And literally, wake up in the morning, play all day, fall asleep on Xbox, wake up, rinse and repeat. And um, that's that's transitioning into like entrepreneurship and and building sites now and create you know bringing ideas into reality it's so fulfilling and it's so cool it's like play yeah yeah but it's just benefiting you a lot more than say the video games (laughs) and and like i I remember that the feel that feeling you get where you just realize that i'm doing something that's going to benefit me so much in the future and i'm having fun doing it whereas you know the the main, I wouldn't say the mainstream, but the actual blueprint is, you know, you're not meant to enjoy doing all the essays at uni. You're meant to enjoy the social aspect of it. You just kind of get through the work, at least for most people who, who go in for a degree because they don't know what, what else to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the very notion that you're doing something and you're enjoying it and it's benefiting you like dramatically in your future, it's just a cool it's a cool feeling right it's the best feeling in the world honestly yeah i i I don't know how to explain it you just really have to live it yeah no i agree do you have any habits that have really aided you when it comes to creativity and progressing forward in life i don't force creativity so one project might take me a month to do but at the same time another project might take me a week and in terms of quality the time is necessarily relevant if you know what i mean Mm -hmm. It just depends. If I feel creative, I'm going to get more done than in a week than I would in a month. If I'm not particularly feeling creative in that time, I just space out portions where where I feel creative or where um where I feel more productive. Okay. And it's just it's just going by how it feels rather than kind of forcing it. Cool. In terms of habits, though, I'd probably meditation. Honestly, is best thing. Okay. What do you feel like are your most productive parts of the day? And you're like, like some people in terms of creativity, they like to work at night more. Some people like to work earlier in the morning. I'm more of an early person. What are, mm-hmm. What's your preference? Definitely night in terms of creativity. But when I was first starting out with Absolute Motivation, I'd wake up at six in the morning, 
and just do a lot of work. Not work in terms of work on the actual on the actual channel, but work as in writing notes on the other people that were doing the same type of niche as me. I just write notes, what's working for him, what's not working for him, which videos have more views, which videos don't have as much views, and then I'd write why they don't. So I, I just study the competition. Even though I don't look at the whole channel YouTube thing as a competition, but I just study it just to just have more of an understanding as to what the audience would possibly like in future videos. Mm. Okay, that's cool, man. You, we were talking about meditation earlier. What do you do in terms of oh, meditation, yeah. man? It's such a powerful thing, but so many people are unfamiliar with it, and it really people are like, "Oh, this is kind of like woo woo weird." Yeah, I, I, new age. Yeah, yeah. What's your meditation schedule like? What type of meditation do you do? Just basically talk us through your average meditation session. Right, cool. I meditate when I wake up. Not necessarily exactly when I wake up, but I'll meditate in the morning. And I, I there's I, there's nothing special about how I do it. it I, I download an app uh, called Headspace. You can go on Google as well. It's there, there's a web version of it, and I just you just listen to it. It's a ten minute meditation. This guy called Andy, mm. who is the creator of it, he just guides you for a meditation. Cool. It's ten minutes, super effective, and it's free. So he he actually has a ten step program. Well, not a program, a ten step meditation where you do one step every day for ten days. And that's supposed to incorporate the habits of doing it. And you realize the mental clarity when you do do it on a consistent basis. So I definitely recommend, you know, using Headspace. If if meditation isn't something that you can just, you know, do right off the bat. Definitely. 10 minutes isn't long, though. Do you just meditate in the morning or do you do it multiple times a day? If If I really feel like stifled, I'll probably do it three times a day. But... If I have a project coming up, I'll do it twice. I'll make sure I do it twice. If if I'm just chilling and it's not a not I don't have much pressure in the day, I'll just do it once and just have that mental clarity and just carry on. But I, I won't really force it. I'll do it when I feel like I need to. Okay. How do you feel like it benefits you? Does it benefit you creatively? You said it creates mental clarity. Does it just make you more aligned with your vision and what you want to accomplish? Uh, yeah, the second one. You definitely, you have altitude. Like, you'll think about long-term goals more than, you know, the immediate gratification of accomplishing short-term ones. So, for me, personally, I get loads more done when I meditate. And I'll think about things that I wouldn't have been thinking if if I hadn't. So, creatively... I wouldn't necessarily say meditation is like the sole reason why sometimes I'll feel creative, but it definitely helps me notice things in a project to kind of change or manipulate to make it better. Okay. It just helps me notice things that I don't see if, if I haven't done it. So it enhances your awareness and it, yeah, that's, it creates a sense of discipline that kind of feeds into the rest of your day. Yeah. Yeah. Precisely. 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 That's awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry so <laughs> my, my english is coming out. yeah 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 we don't say that in america that's weird <laughs> no I'm just kidding yeah so this podcast is all about giving the listeners useful knowledge and tools to walk away with what would you say are three must-use resources that have aided you in creating financial freedom for yourself audiobooks for one one because 
there's loads of audiobooks on YouTube and they're free. And one audiobook can seriously like change your whole thinking. So, you know, you can wake up one day, read an audiobook, and then your whole outlook in life is just going to change just with like, well, it depends on the audiobook, but you know what I mean by in terms of like getting the knowledge and then suddenly viewing things differently. What are what are some of the audiobooks that have done that for you? Well, I read Think and Grow Rich, and obviously that's a that's a big favorite. But the uh, The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz okay. was amazing. It just just opened your eyes up to to a lot of possibilities. And the Four Hour Work Week that's also an amazing book. But yeah, in terms of audiobooks. There's just so many out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's an insane amount. What's your second resource? Meditation and running. Okay. Is that is that your second or is that your second and your third? That's my second. Okay. So I, I put them in the same kind of box kind of thing. Meditation for, you know, for what we were talking about before, just because mentally you feel refreshed. It's like waking up from from going for a really good nap or something. You wake up refreshed. And it's it just helps you do everything in in an organized and productive manner, you know, rather than just kind of rushing through things. Running because after you run, you know, the whole endorphins. Yeah, you and, feel high as hell. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, just just if if I run, I, f- I feel great after it. I don't feel fatigued. I, I just feel energized and ready to ready to work. Are you a night runner or a morning runner? Night, I love oh, dude, at night. it's so cool. Yeah, it's awesome running at night. <laughs> Me and my buddy, we we used to uh, pack a bunch of water bottles in our backpacks, and like on nights we would go out and rain. We would we would like run in the rain with these backpacks with a bunch of stuff on it, and it was yeah. so cool. We we felt like we were in the yeah. military or something. <laughs> That's epic. Yeah, running running in the rain is amazing. It's just the most refreshing thing. I love running in the rain, yeah. especially in the summer when when it's not cold. It's just it's just nice. There's like a peace with running at night. It's so nice. Yeah, no, I agree. So, what's your third resource? My f- third resource, I just say not to overthink anything. Hmm. I, I never try. I never overthought anything I did in terms of absolute motivation. If in terms of overthinking, I mean, oh, is this going to be the right choice? In terms of, you know, making the channel, is it the right choice to do it? Should I, you know, should I go back to uni? I just didn't overthink it. I just did the things I needed to do to take it that one step forward every day rather than just filling my head with possible ways, what ifs and stuff like that. Cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah, we were talking about some woo-woo nonsense earlier in terms of or uh, meditation. So this kind of <laughs> sparked something in my head. Have you? Did you have anything weird that happened to you when you were starting up Absolute Motivation in terms of like the law of attraction or any strange coincidences? Mm, yeah, I'd probably say yeah, but I think that's subjective based upon my experience. Someone may view the same thing and, and just be like, oh, well, it's just a coincidence. But I've not read the law of attraction. I'm familiar, I'm familiar by it, mm-hmm. but it's weird. I've it kind of felt as if everything was falling into place in terms of like the plan I had. And I don't know if it's because you, my mind's paying more attention to it. I'm agnostic, like I said, uh, when we were talking yesterday. But little moments make you wonder if 
if if something was meant to be, if you know what I mean, as as cliche as, as cliche and new agey that sounds, mm. but um, but yeah, definitely, there was just things that I, I'd pay attention to that I wouldn't be paying attention to if if I didn't set up a channel or if I didn't leave uni. There are things I definitely wouldn't have been doing if if I stayed at university and stayed with the channel whilst at university. Yeah, and it just felt right. It's, it's weird intuition it's weird did you uh I, I don't know if you've heard oh what's the guy who said that he was talking about he, this i'm sure you've heard this is in a motivational video he talks about how he was like i wrote a check for 10 million dollars um, oh jim carrey yeah jim carrey did you do anything like that where you wrote something down and now it's coming into reality oh yeah um before i even started the channel i had like a list of cool things i wanted to to do in life and uh, I had like a two-year plan of getting a hundred thousand, a uh, hundred thousand subscribers, uh, talking to uh, to certain like people I look up to, and and just getting like doing well, you know, for myself, and not having to worry about whether um, whether or not I made a huge mistake dropping out of uni. And I just wrote all these all these different things down and. And one by one, I mean, it was coming, <laughs> it was falling together. Wow. I mean, obviously, all my long-term goals aren't, like, accomplished yet, but the ones I did set up and wrote down, they've definitely, they've definitely come, come to life, which is amazing. That's really cool, man. Yeah, I, I'm right on the same path with you in terms of weird shit that happens when, like, <laughs> like I'm agnostic as well, like we talked about, and... I like I don't know what's out there, but yeah. you know the the universe acts in some weird ways sometimes. I, I want to share a story with you guys real quick. And Nav and I talked about this yesterday. My mom's great uncle. He, my mom was super close with him. He passed away a year before I was born. I was born on his birthday. My mom says like I'm extremely like him. It's really weird. He was a top salesman, um, always giving, always happy. He loved to work out and swim, and I, I love all that stuff, and he was really good as, with stocks, and I, I love stocks as well. So the weird thing was when I first started getting into entrepreneurship, I started reading Napoleon Hill, and uh, that's around the time where my grandpa passed away. So we went out and we started cleaning out his house, and I saw new two Napoleon Hill books, and I didn't think of much of it, and one of them was Thinking Grow Rich, so I took it. And um, I didn't read Thinking Grow Rich. I read Outwitting the Devil. That's how I became a Napoleon Hill fan, and I looked in it. And the name said Tom Kelly in it. And I had no clue who that was. Um, but then I decided to ask my mom. And it turns out that that's my mom's uncle who I was born on his birthday. So it could be a weird coincidence, but I kind of feel like maybe I, I was supposed to have that book at that time because some of the concepts that I applied from that book have really, really changed my life big time. And it kind of just came to me at the perfect time. I didn't even reach out. It just came to me. So... Yeah, man, the the universe is weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's that that's an awesome story, by the way. I, I said yesterday, but it, it's one of them ones where it's like it's so subjective that it has to be you that that kind of notices that situation because mm-hmm. you know I, I sometimes think when I'm trying to when I'm trying to explain like oh this this strange coincidence that makes me question things. When I when I explain it to other people, like they they're not really gonna resonate with yeah. it wholeheartedly. They, they they can only resonate with with similar types of experiences. And like like I definitely resonate with what you're saying because I, I know 
how you can have that moment where everything seems like if it wasn't for that moment, it happened at the right time, right place. And for for someone who who, who hasn't experienced some, something like that, where it's so in line with your intuition and, and your thoughts, they'll, they'll just be like, oh, it's a coincidence. Just yeah. Brush it off as if it's nothing. But... Yeah, but that's no fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is no fun. That is... I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. If you can give one piece of advice to an entrepreneur at the beginning of their journey, what would it be? Work all the time and just have fun. And I know that's like a little bit cliche, but I think at the beginning you have to work because if, if especially if you have no brand recognition, you just need to be putting out content. And Gary Vaynerchuk um he he did something similar with Wine Library TV where he just put out content. But in terms of me, I just I just put out content all the time. Even though no one was watching, I was just doing it. And I, and that whole process of doing it when no one watching when no one was watching was incorporating those habits and embedding those habits in my personality. Wow. So working all the time was was influential and crucial to, to doing well. I mean, I had, like I said, I had no experience about video editing, online branding, or anything. It just took me, took me. Uh, I started like two weeks after I downloaded the free beta version of Lightworks, which 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 I use to this day. Wow, man! Yeah, that's that's extremely powerful. I mean, it's a it's a simple law. You you get out what you put in. That's that's what it comes down to. Yeah, precisely, man. Hey, thanks for coming on the show, bro. Thanks for having me, Ryan. It was great talking to you. What is failure? Failure in the eyes of society is, okay, someone who's homeless and then failing in school, which is really silly because these teachers, they they act like failing is a bad thing. If you fail, it's really looked down upon. And what they don't know and what they don't realize is that the lights that are lighting up those classrooms were built on the basis of failure. Thomas Edison failed over a thousand times and then finally the light bulb lit. If you fail because you're not smart enough, if you don't know specific information, if you fail because you've hit this obstacle that you've actually absolutely been giving it your all and you can't get through, that's okay. Failure is an opportunity. Failure is an opportunity to learn. Uh, the, the idea of failure doesn't even exist in my reality. Failure is a word of oppression. Failure is used to scare people and to push people down. People ask me, they go, Ryan, aren't you afraid of failure? What if you fail? What if it doesn't work out? You don't have a backup plan. You don't need a backup plan. You adapt. It's survival of the fittest. What happens when you hit an obstacle? You adapt. You change. You improve. And then you learn, you get better, and you try something else. And then you fail again. And then you get better, and you try something else. And I guarantee you, you will not fail a thousand times. You probably won't even fail three times. I know, personally, again, I don't look at these things in terms of failure. But if I were to look at them in terms of failure, I might fail once. And then learn and do it right the next time. It might be different from you. You might fail. You might not fail at all. You might just nail it from the start. You might fail three times. You might fail four times. But it's just more opportunity for you to learn. So if you're young, now's the time to start. Even if you're old, if you're 60 years old, 
like I talked about in my last episode, you're gonna die one day. All fear of failure fades away in death, okay? None of these failures are gonna matter when you're dead. <laughs> it's not gonna matter. So just go for it. Have fun, kill it, fail, 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 and learn, and then apply. Also, teach people about your failures because those people will learn they won't have to go through those struggles and they will attain success much, much faster. And that's what life's about. Life is a process of learning and doing.